Welcome to part two of our podcast, In Conversation with James Munro. We've got Paul Offley and Ian McKenzie, so let's see what else they have to discuss. In terms of you, is there anything else, James, on your, your hot topics at the moment, sort of putting aside disclosure of material information, is there anything else that's sort of really up there that, that you know, this is one to watch or something that they, you would like agents to focus on? Yeah, we're quite interested in, in looking at the, the issue around conditional offers uh, and also conditional selling, which seems to be quite a hot topic in the news of late. And we've seen some reports of, of agents or where there's been allegations that agents are um, firstly um, putting conditions on, on offers that, that um, potential prospective buyers are, are trying to make for a property. Um, this is this is an absolute no-no unless the, uh, the the seller, the vendor, has instructed the agent in writing that they don't want to they don't want to accept offers of a certain type. Then every single offer needs to be passed on to the seller uh, in writing as soon as as practically possible. And that's and it, and that kind of thing. It's not open for the agent, or the agents shouldn't be telling the seller what they want uh, or, or the offer type of offers that they don't want. And it isn't the intention that these should be wrapped up with, with other requirements as well. The offers that people don't want should be limited really to, to the, the value of the offer. So if you're marketing a property and it's on, on, on for 500,000, the seller should, could quite rightly say to the agent, look, I don't want to accept offers below 450. And that's that. That it's just around the value of the offers. What we're also seeing are some reports about conditional selling, where a there will be negotiation around the uh, the offer price, and then the agent uh, has has been known to come back to people to say, "Well, we've we've managed to agree uh, on on an offer, if you like, of say four hundred thousand, um, but this is conditional on you using our in in house lawyers or, or in house." Uh, financial advisors or or our in-house mortgage be very careful with things like this because this could be uh, a lack of professional diligence which is also an offense under the consumer protection from unfair trading regulations and it could also be um be be counted as discrimination under the estate agents act so uh we it, it's not something we like to see at all um there should be no conditions attached to things uh, at the end of the day uh, the, the marketplace should operate effectively where people are are fully informed of the process. Everybody's being transparent about things. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of talk about referral fees. We want to see referral fees. If, if they're there, we want to see them disclosed. Um, we want to see that relationship disclosed so that people can make an informed decision and don't feel like they're being trapped into, in, into a corner. Because don't forget that if agents recommend things to people, um, this comes back to the issue of trust that we talked about earlier on. Uh, people are very trusting um, of, of agents. And if the agent recommends something, then research has shown that people are more likely than not to go with that recommendation. At one point I've always said to agents is that where you, where you do have somebody that says, I don't want any offers below 450000 or whatever it may be, just to review that with them every so often, because what somebody might say now could be different in sort of two months time so i think even if you do have someone that says i don't want any other 
I think it's worthwhile having a, a, a program to review that on a regular basis. Um, and the second thing you just touched on there on referral fees. Obviously, I think the industry has done an awful lot of work on disclosure of referral fees. Uh, and, and I think a lot of agents are now disclosing that. I, I, do you, from what you see across your desk, feel comfortable now that that is happening across the industry, that we are now in a, a period where um, referral fees uh, are being disclosed uh, and, and consumers are being informed? I think we're getting there, Paul. I, I, I'm not convinced that we're there yet. It's it's tricky because um, not all agents accept referral fees. Some agents don't want to be involved. Um, so it's very difficult on the face of it to, to see whether an agent is just not disclosing uh, a referral fee or whether they just don't get involved in it. Until we've sorted out what whether we need further sanctions, whether there needs to be mandated disclosure or a mandated statement to say yes or no, whether they do accept these, uh, then it's then it's always going to be tricky. What hopefully we'll have um, some more information on this in the next few weeks, and I expect that we'll be um, we'll be going back to government to advise them on on the next step. What we'd like to see is the next steps. Yeah, that's been really really helpful. Ian, have you, anything else that you would uh, like to ask? So this is a if you can give a quick answer to this blunt question: mandatory mandatory licensing, yes or no, for the sector? I'm not going to give you a simple answer to that. <laughs> I did try. <laughs> I, I think that um, if I speak from our own position, I think uh, having mandatory licensing and registration would be helpful in the regulation of the industry. Mm. I'm not going to get drawn on whether mandatory licensing <laughs> or registration would improve standards or compliance. I would like to think it would, but in any sector, you're always going to have ones. You're always going to have a minority that that that, that don't want to comply, that aren't interested in complying. And my last my last question, James, if I may, um, and thank you for thank you for today. You've spoken beautifully. When you first took this job, you would have had a a goal, a vision, a something that you were trying to achieve. What was that vision, and do you feel? And are you still on course for it? <laughs> That's tricky. I, I'm. It's always very difficult to to have a specific goal or vision, and 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 I and I hate it when when I see you, you see these sort of these um, these quite woolly mission statements and visions by organisations. But I think it's just this fear of never achieving actually what you what you set out to do. In, in early on, we set out to to raise standards in the industry. This is something that an awful lot of organizations have as their uh, as their uh, one of their their intentions. And I think we'll 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 I suppose leave it at that. It's about raising standards. And it's like anything else, you know, I I, I want to try to uh to to help the industry be better than it was. When I first started. Yeah, good. Well, we've got it. Uh, we've got you back on that one because we wholeheartedly agree with you. Definitely. Thank you so much, James. Um, that was really interesting. Really interesting from my point of view as well. I've learned a lot today. Um, I'm sure people listening will probably have some questions. So perhaps if anyone does want to send any questions in, you can email parklane at guildproperty.co.uk. I'm sure our lovely Paul will be able to answer them for anyone. So, yeah, thank you, James, again. And uh, thank you, Ian. Thank you, Paul. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. thank you. Fantastic. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back next time for another episode of The Home Stretch. Mm-hmm.